Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Back to the program, our last segment today, and we are going to take a, a final break from impeachment. I would invite you, though, to uh, stay attuned to what's going on. It, it may be boring, and it may drag out, and it may be frustrating, but one thing I can assure you is that it is historic. Tonight, before you go to bed, the President of the United States will be impeached. History will be made tonight, and it will be debated and talked about and studied for uh, for the rest of American history. Uh, it's 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 intense thing, stuff, and it uh, demands our attention. We are going to step away, though, uh, briefly from uh, impeachment to talk about some things going on in Mexico. The story uh, caught my attention because I myself uh, attempted to travel down to Mexico. I was a, I was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints a number of years ago, and there was uh, some time last year where my wife was out of town on business, and I had uh, some time off, and so I had put together a plan to travel down to Mexico. I was going to rent a Jeep and I was going to drive around uh, the different villages where I served as a missionary. I was going to visit some of the old folks. Uh, and then when I let my wife know what my plans were, she said, uh, ugh, you know, sorry, you and well, at the time I was, I was working for a member of Congress. I was a federal employee. Uh, she says, uh, Lee, listen, the, the state department has prohibited travel, uh, for federal employees. You, you can't go down there. Uh, right now. Well, there are warnings again coming out of the State Department, and we have uh, invited Alex Stone of ABC News, a correspondent, uh, speaking to us from Los Angeles. Uh, Mr. Stone, sir, how are you? Hey, Lee, doing well. And uh, yeah, you would be, the State Department is doing something very similar now that they are telling government employees they are not allowed to go into certain areas of Mexico, and those areas where they are allowed to go into, that they're not allowed to drive from the border region down into those the the allowed areas they're not allowed to drive at nighttime they're not allowed to hail taxis uh they're not allowed to do a lot of things right now because of the danger in mexico but it goes beyond that just for and for non-federal employees the u.s government is today through this uh, warning this advisory saying you should avoid travel to to most areas big areas of mexico because of the the dangers that are there right now of all kinds of crimes, murder, kidnapping, extortion, all kinds of different things that the U.S. government's saying that we've seen a spike in the last couple of weeks, and it's just not safe. The State Department categorizes every region of the world uh, in one of four categories, four uh, red being the most extreme. That is typically reserved for areas of the world like North Korea and uh, Syria, uh, portions of the Middle East and Northern Africa. Uh, it may surprise some to know that that exact same classification is being placed on regions of Mexico right now. Absolutely. It's called a level two travel advisory that uh, that has been issued and. The big concern being highway robbery, which in Mexico does tend to go up around Christmas time, really Christmas and Easter, because it's known that 
There are a lot of folks who are coming from the U.S. to see family members down into Mexico, and the belief among the cartels is that you've got caravans of people coming in with their cars or trucks loaded full of gifts and different things that they're bringing down to family members. So that there usually is a lot of crime around this time of the year. There have been several really high-profile instances of highway robbery. This year alone, there was, in April, a, a group of uh, criminals robbed uh, a bunch of motorists. It was hundreds of drivers on the Mexico City to, to Acapulco Highway. There have been a bunch of other ones as well. We were, uh, for a story, going from Acapulco into Mexico City about two years ago, we had to fly in and drive to Mexico City in the middle of the night. It was for the, the big earthquake that they had. And when we landed, our local drivers said, we're going to go. We're going to go fast. We are not going to stop. If we see red and blue lights, we're not pulling over. We are not stopping for any reason. They were doing about 120 down the freeway to, to get to Mexico City. We had to stop one time to get gas. And let me tell you, Lee, that was an uncomfortable one stop. With everything these drivers told us of... If we stop, that we're going to be targeted, that, that, that it is a dangerous road. And, and the government now saying, the U.S. government, that wherever you are in Mexico, that with the, the rise in crime, that right now it just isn't safe. You mentioned cartels earlier. Is, this, uh, is it organized crime or is it one-off stuff? What, what, how are they characterizing the, the source of the threat? It's a little bit of both. So some you've got the highway robberies that are going on, and a lot of that is linked back to, to drug cartels, that they organize a lot of that. Uh, but some of that is just, you know, to use a, an old-fashioned term, but bandits who are, who are taking advantage of, of an opportunity here. But the, the areas that they are warning about right now are areas that are big when it comes to, to drug trafficking, to... Uh, Sonora to Sinaloa to Jalisco, that these are areas where the cartels have a big presence, and that's a concern. A lot of the crime goes back to the cartels. I mean, we know story after story of the mass murders, of the just horrendous crimes that go on, and the concern right now that Americans and really anybody coming in from the U.S., driving into Mexico, that, that they're in danger, that they could be targeted going in. Alex Stone with ABC News. Sir, I'm grateful to you. Good talking to you. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. You take care. That was Alex Stone. He was joining us from Los Angeles talking about a State Department warning uh, and prohibition on travel to Mexico, to certain regions of Mexico, on federal employees and a strong advisory to U.S. citizens not to travel down there. Uh, the State Department has placed uh, these regions of Mexico in a category, uh, which means that there is a high likelihood of injury. You are highly likely to be the victim of a crime and a low or diminished ability for American uh, resources to be used to extract you from the region. I myself just a year ago was planning a trip down there. A similar warning was in place and I couldn't go. I was going down to, to visit to some of the areas where I served as a missionary and uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to and I'm looking forward to the day where these advisories are lifted. It's safe again to travel down there. Uh, we have just a moment left here in the program. I want to tell you again I am grateful to you for listening. This is Live Mike. We, episode 6 today. Tomorrow will be 7. Uh, a full week uh, of doing these shows. I also want to follow up very, very quickly 
quickly on something I shared with you yesterday, and it was about my own family. Uh, my young daughter, Piper, she uh, had a fever. We had to go to the emergency room. We spent the last two nights in the hospital at Primary Children's, uh, but the fine folks up there at Primary Children's took good care of us. Uh, the observation was was excellent. The way they explained things to us was comforting and reassuring, and uh, I am pleased to report that in the uh, last few hours here, uh, my beautiful baby, Piper, and my equally beautiful wife, uh, Jessica, are home. And so after the program, now I'm going to hustle over there and we'll be reunited uh, there at home. So I'm glad to that. I'm thankful to the folks at Primary Children's. Uh, and I'm also thankful to you. Uh, the lessons I learned is uh, you really got to take care of babies and you really got to trust a mother's intuition and her instincts. Uh, they are powerful forces all. Next up here on KSL News Radio is Jeff Kaplan. I'll be back tomorrow at 1230 here with Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.